Hi, everybody. Welcome to It's in the Book. I'm your host, Kelly. And y'all, I'm so excited for today's episode because we have a special guest. This is a very, very, very special episode. This person is, uh, you know, her testimony is very near and dear to my heart. Um, we happen to connect through the Woman Evolve app. Um, shout out to those of you who went to uh, the Woman Evolve conference uh, last year. It was amazing. The glory of the Lord moved in that place. And we were able to connect via uh, the Woman Evolve app when, um, you know, I launched my podcast. And so, um, yeah, I want to, I want to, we're going to get into this word and then we're going to get into prayer and then I'm going to tag a title to this. And then I am going to introduce to you our special guest, the phenomenal author, incredible mother, so well achieved and accomplished, Shandrea Black. All right. So um, here is our scripture for today. I'm coming from Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. Yes, we're living in the book of Revelations right now, but that's not why I'm reading it. I'm reading this because this scripture um, is just so powerful and it, it's so perfectly aligned with the um, with what our special guest for today with what uh, Shandrea has done through her book. And the title of that book, by the way, is God is Real, You Don't Even Have to Wonder. Um, so chapter 12, verse 11, here we are. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives until the death. And our episode is titled After Shandrea's Book, God is real. You don't even have to wonder. Let's pray, and then I'll bring our guest in. Father, in the name of Jesus, you are mighty to save. We thank you so, so much for this here platform. We thank you so, so much for your love, for your kindness, for your tender mercies, which your word says are new every single day. God, we thank you so much for uh, our special guest today, God, that she was able to have the time, God, to speak to us today, to deliver her testimony to us, God, her powerful testimony about um, her trial with her son, God. And would you touch the heart of every mother, every father, and those of us who are listening who are not mothers and fathers, God, would you touch the hearts of the servants, Lord, those who who, who don't yet understand the power behind their testimony, Lord. Would you lean on the hearts and minds of those listening so that they would be willing to uh, not only share this episode to share uh, Shandrea's testimony, God, but that they would be ready and willing to share their own testimonies, God, because we're here to set the captives free, God. You've taught us to live, love, and lead like Jesus, God. And, and we desire to use our testimonies to help others overcome and to help them be made free. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. And here is our special guest. I'm so excited. Can y'all tell I'm smiling like the back of my head hurts? I've been smiling for so long. <laughs> Oh, welcome, 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 Shandrea Black. Thank you so much. You are so amazing. Thank you so much. I, Thank you. I no, you're amazing. Those, you're uh, amazing. Those encouraging words. And um, I thank you for this opportunity to mm -hmm. share with others the the um, 
the power of the Lord and, and how he has shown up in our lives and many other lives. And I just thank you for this platform and in this space for, um, for others to just be free to share um, the awesomeness of God and the miracles that he still continues to, to show us in the earth even today. Amen. Amen. No, it's it's an honor to do this. It really is. This is certainly the Lord's work. I believe that um, it, in a society where we are often silenced as believers, it's important for us to create platforms where we can be heard. So uh, it's an honor. It's certainly an honor to have you. So um, tell us, a, I mean, I've read your book and yes. I'm excited to get into it, but awesome. <laughs> but I would love if you would share with our listeners uh, the background, the context of you writing this book. So why God is real, you don't even have to wonder. Why, why is that, uh, one, the mm-hmm. title you've chosen for this book, and two, why did you write this book in particular? Okay, that that is a great question. The reason I wrote this book is because I was commissioned by the Lord to write this book. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't something that I, on my own, just decided to do. It was a command from God. And I had to follow that command because he had done so much. I had seen so much. We'd overcome so much. We'd experienced so much. And it, the story needed to be told. Um, a couple of other things is, um, and I'll give you a little background about the book, but um, during the time uh, when my son experienced his um, traumatic brain injury in uh, 2014, uh, I shared a lot of information via uh, social media, particularly on Facebook. And mm-hmm. so we developed a following and, and he was such a, charismatic young man he knew everyone I don't care where we went on vacation or um, just anywhere someone knew him they were calling his name and so he was there a very beautiful spirit he had loved everybody even growing up as a child he would call um everybody his brother and I said you can't call all these children your brother people don't think your mama loose and so, but he, right. everybody was his brother or his cousin, and he just loves loves so many people. But I had said on the um, I had said once on one of the posts that I was gonna. I said one day I'll write a book. I one day I'll share the story. Mm. And my sister said early on, a young man she was sharing our testimony with says your sister should write a book and she said well she's posting a lot on Facebook she's pretty much writing a book now already and yeah. then my son told me one day um after everything happened um he was when he began to be able to communicate again we I can still remember the day we were sitting in the living room it was close to Thanksgiving he was sitting in his chair and he said mama write everything down we're gonna change the world Oh, that's so good. And so I've, I've always been someone that was uh, been a writer because my mom was always a writer. We do in our family. Everybody pretty much does a lot of journaling and writing. My sister has uh, written a book. Um, I have a book of poems that I'm going to publish for my mom. She's since gone on, but I'm going to publish a book, her book of poems and call it Jackie's Song. And now my youngest sister, she says, well, it's, I guess it's time for me to write a book. So she's working on a book as well. And so that's what that kind of got it already prepared me for this, 
all in Amen. in all my years, he's been preparing me for this. And I could tell when I wrote the book and after I got to the point of publishing, I actually did the self-publishing. And he um, I was trying to hand it off to somebody else, still trying to give it away. <laughs> but he said um, he tapped me on my shoulder and said, I've already taught you all of this. I've already created you for this. Do it yourself. You can do mm. it. And and I did. But the title came from Corian. Um, like once again, when, um, when he did get, get to the point where he was able after his, um, I don't like to call it a tragedy after right. the miracle, after the right. miracle we experienced, um, when he was home one day, it was around Christmas time and his, uh, my husband was here, myself, his son and his son's mother. And he said, God has everything under control. He said, don't worry about nothing. And then he went on to say, God is real. He has everything laid out. You don't even have to wonder. Mm-hmm. And I kept that in my heart. And, and after he had uh, transitioned, I was in the shower and the Lord, I was thinking on the title and wondering what the title should be. And I came up with quite a few, but I was in the shower and the Holy Spirit gave me the title. And um at this point in life, at my age, if you don't write it down, you gonna forget. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, ma'am. And I yes, didn't get. Ma'am. I didn't write it down. And I got out of the shower, went on by my day, and then I started trying to think about what the Holy Spirit said, and I couldn't remember. And so when I got in the shower the next day, because this is just where me and the Lord meet. I just same, be minding same, my business. Same. I be minding my business, <laughs> and here he comes talking to me. I was like, "Oh my goodness, what are we talking about today?" <laughs> but he's. I said, "Lord, if you give it to me one more time, give it to me one more time. I promise you, I'm gonna get out of this shower and I'm gonna write it down." And that's exactly what I did, <laughs> and I wrote it down. And I said, that's, "That's it. That is the title." God is real. And I put the dot, 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 because Mm -hmm. there's so much. We have to remember the process. It's a process in between. And a lot of times we don't, we won't um, embrace the process, but the process is where we are actually, where the real work is and -hmm. where the real communication is with God. It's in the dot, dot, dot. It's in the in between. Mm -hmm. But I put the, the dot, dot, dot. You don't even have to wonder. That's so good. And yeah. it's extremely prophetic as well, because, yes. you know, recently I was learning, uh, you know, learning a lot about the process and, and the, having the right posture, yeah. the right heart posture um, yeah. in the process. And so that is so good. And speaking of prophetic, this book is yeah. prophetic. I, 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 I mean, some I, of I what I was reading yeah. was blowing my mind. And I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> when was this book published? Right. <laughs> It blows my mind because I tell people often, I did not write the book. Holy Spirit wrote the yeah, book. I, I like where somebody said, uh, they said a partnership. So I say I partnered mm-hmm. with the Holy Spirit to write this book. Yes. I would come into my room, which is now my office, but it was Corian's room. Um, okay. And I would come in here. I, it would be about four o'clock in the morning. Because the Holy Spirit would wake me up and uh, I wouldn't even turn the light on. I just opened up my laptop and I put my fingers on the keyboard and I asked God, what is it that you want to say? Wow. 
And when I was when I went back and was going through um, editing the book, I would read it. And then I also put it on where on your um, in Word, you can put read aloud. And so I allowed it to read it to me. And I was like, I don't remember writing that. I don't Mm. recall it. And I said, Lord, you know, you writing this book. That's right. That's oh, And he's so good. He is. He is so amazing. He's so amazing. But yes, Holy Spirit wrote the book because there was no way that me myself could actually connect the dots the way the Holy Spirit connected the dots for me. Because when I began to write the book, all I had for me was the story and what I experienced. But Holy Spirit connected the dots. Mm. He connected the dots. That's so good. You know, one of the uh, scriptures I stand on is mm-hmm. Philippians 2.13, for mm-hmm. it is God who works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what we're doing um, really when we partner with God, mm-hmm. uh, when we partner with the Lord is we are allowing him really to use us. He's because we're doing his a good pleasure. Whenever yeah. we are walking in obedience to God, he's always going to give us, you know, he's going to give us an anointing and a grace, but he's going to give us an ability yeah. and he's going to give us a desire, right? Like as it, it, the closer you get with the Lord, you realize even your desires change. Yes. And so he, and you know, when the Bible talks about uh, that God will give you the desires of your, your heart, he's, yeah. what he's really doing is depositing his desire into your heart and aligning your heart posture with his heart. And so when you are walking in obedience, Mm -hmm. um, doing what he called you, has called you to do, he's going to be right there giving you, he's going to be working through you. So, so I mean, but to me, it's always just so um, powerful to hear testimonies of how the Lord used people to do things they don't even remember doing. Right. It's, it, it blows blows my mind every time, even though I know what it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it still is just, I, I, I say this to my mentees. I always say, you know, every time is like the first time, Yes, God. you know, it's always just so good. God, it, every time God is good to me, mm-hmm. it is just like the first time yes. I realized he Thank was being God. good to me. It always amazes me. And, and it doesn't, his great power, mm-hmm. I'm in awe of his great power, but what amazes me is that he uses me. So that is, you know, that's really the blessing. And I I love to see how God used you in writing this story, but not even just writing this story, right? Like living through this Mm -hmm. experience so that others could benefit from uh, your testimony, so that others could benefit from the wealth of not just, um, not just knowledge and experience, Mm -hmm. but the wealth of, um, the wealth of revelation knowledge and and your test your prayer testimony your right. faith testimony mm-hmm. how the lord grew you in these specific areas through this season of your life so um i'm ready to get, i mean we've all i mean and it, been, it's been so good we really could wrap up but we're not going to and what you just said um i wanted to say that was the that was the mission the entire time Oh, amen. My son told me, um, well, initially when we were in the hospital after he had his um, um, heart attack was um, he was, I'll go back if you don't mind. I'll go back. No, go ahead. And so um, in in 2009, Corian, um, 
developed end-stage renal failure, that's kidney failure. And it was all of a sudden, it was out of nowhere. And we didn't, we don't have a history in our family or anything like that. But um, he took it in stride. Um, he he uh, went on to, you know, be on dialysis three days out of the week, but he was still just living his life as if everything was fine. And it was just at what we called then our new normal. You know, mm. we were saying new normal way before 2020. It was our Oof. new way of life. And yeah. so um, he didn't want people to feel sorry for him or, or treat him any different. So many of his friends didn't even know that he was on dialysis. And mm. then in um, 2011, his biological father, uh, my sister had still been in contact with him and, and she let him know that he really needed a kidney. And he actually got his life together and got healthy and strong, changed his yeah. eating habits. He strengthened himself and his body to give him a kidney. And even though he had not been in his life all of those years, I had to give him a great amount of respect for taking that time to put his life aside for his son. And so he gave him a kidney in 2011 and he did, uh, the kidney did well, but by 2013, the kidney failed. And so, um, we were back into that state and Corey, I really, it was, it was pretty much for him like a death and um, his health started failing and he just really didn't, he didn't want to live anymore, honestly. Um, but I talked to him and I said, do it for your son. If you don't want to do it for you, do it for mm-hmm. your son. And that just shows the, the power of our connections with our children. And like the Amen. word says, our children are a gift. Yes. They are. God has gifted them to us for a reason. And so um, I think he got, you know, that that touched him and he started to get himself back together. And he had to have a surgery to remove fluid from around his heart. And now we're in 2014. He had the surgery and uh, the doctor had told me that it was about one in a thousand percent chance of him having a heart attack after that surgery. Well, he mm. was the one. Mm. He was the one. And so after that surgery, he uh, I think it was three days later after they released him from the hospital, uh, he had a he went into sudden cardiac arrest. My sister was with him, fortunately, and she uh, called the ambulance and they rushed him into the hospital. And uh, when they got there is when he was uh, he coded and they were working on him. They worked on him more than an hour which is unheard of. But one nurse told me it was an hour and a half. But in between that time, they called me and I was at work. I was maybe about 10 minutes away at work. And I had a friend uh, drive me to the ER and in the car, she began to pray. She said, Lord, he shall live and not die. He shall live and not die. And I held those words in my heart and I began to speak those words. So when I got to the hospital, he was laying on the um, gurney. The paramedic was on top of him trying to uh, resuscitate him. And um, um, I fell to my knees and I began to pray. And they said, well, you can't stay here. They said, well, I need a room. I need a closet. I need to talk to God. I need to talk to God. And I want to. Uh, just interject this, that I wasn't the person that I am now 
and the relationship that I have with God now. So it wasn't that I was someone that was in constant communication to God. We had this, you know, real tough relationship. That's right. not who I was. But I, I knew just growing up that God promised all these things. And he said that um, if we ask him, then we shall receive. If we seek, Mm -hmm. we shall find. And so I was um, really the reader for my pastor in the church. So I've read many scriptures and knew where to find scriptures. But Mm -hmm. I just had to (laughs) pull out the ones that I could remember in that moment and just plead to God for his life. And so they took us into the room, my sister and I and my husband soon followed And um, we just prayed and uh, the nurse came in and she said, we got a pulse, but I heard in the spirit, pray without ceasing. So Mm -hmm. I continued to pray and they came back and they said they had lost him again and they needed us to come into the room. And I said, I don't want to see him like that again. They said, we really need you to come into the room. So I came into the room and I I knew they were going to say they'd done all they could do. I got Mm -hmm. on my knees beside the gurney. I began to pray in the spirit. Because my sister-in-law told me that if you pray in the spirit, the devil can't hear your prayer. Mm. So the, the Holy Spirit made intercession for me, Amen. touched the doctor's heart. The doctor said, I'm going to shock him one more time, and that's it. So I got up off my knees, and I turned to the wall, and I said, Lord, if this is your will, then I surrender to your will. But I truly believe he could be a testimony to your kingdom. And the doctor shocked him, and his heart started beating. Ooh. And so I knew that we were experiencing a miracle. But my thoughts in that moment was that I wanted him to make amends with God because I wanted his soul to rest in heaven. That was the intercessory prayer that the Holy Spirit that I was praying in the Holy Spirit was interceding on my behalf. And the the doctor had told us that, uh, you know, to spend some time with him because they didn't think he was going to. You know, they, they, he had called it more than once. So they felt like he wasn't going to make it to just give us that time. Yeah. But his heart beat for six years. Ooh. His heart beat for six years. So God answered my prayer. I experienced, we all experienced a miracle in that ER. Even a nurse came up a few days later and she said that we had done everything we could do. She said everything after the point when you came in and called his name, because that's when they got his post the first time when I called his name. Mm-hmm. She said everything we had done, everything we could do, everything that happened after that was all God. She said mm-hmm. it, was, it was all God. She said, I just came to behold the miracle. Just that fervent prayer on yeah. the way mm-hmm. to the hospital. Mm-hmm. I just was like, okay, sis is... yeah that was my co-worker my co-worker uh who drove me to the hospital we still work together today and uh she she's a prayer warrior she is a prayer warrior and i thank god that he chose her to be the one to drive me to the hospital yeah and that began the moment she took you to the throne room she did (laughs) she really did and it, it began from that point. And I, and I held on to that word. I even printed it out when I found it in the uh, in scripture. And it said that he shall he shall tell his testimony. And I believe this book is him telling his testimony. 
Oh my goodness. Amen. He's telling his so, testimony. I'm so excited, first and foremost, to get um to get into the book, but also for my listeners, mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna put a link to purchase this book. Okay. I promise you that when you read the introduction, <laughs> it's gonna grab you. Yeah. Right. Because the introduction grabbed me. Mm-hmm. Um, the first paragraph of the introduction um is the description of uh, uh, what Chandrea is uh, describing is is um, is in the first paragraph. It's right. uh, when Corian gets to the hospital and the doctors are trying to the medical staff is trying to resuscitate him. Right. Um. And and she's praying. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and surrendering her will. So when you guys get into this book, um, that again, that introduction is going to grab you, and of course, it's going to keep you wanting to read because it's. It was just so rich. The, the The book was so rich to me. And it, yeah. of course, it has a lot to do with my own personal testimony. But the, mm-hmm. the book is just so beautifully written. Um, so, of course, God breathes. But also, mm-hmm. it is so... Um, I think that anybody who's ever had to care for a loved one or ever had to uh, deal with something that seems like a tragedy, Mm -hmm. uh, something that confronts us as a tragedy, it really teaches you to shift your perspective. Um, So let's get into a little bit of the book. I don't want to give too much of the book away because I want people to buy it. Okay. So I I want them to actually purchase the book. So if you're listening, you can get this book on Amazon. And again, I'm going to put the link in the uh, the description. Mm-hmm. But let's get into talking about this text. I want to, first of all, thank you so much for t- talking about Corian yeah. or opening us up with Corian. Yeah. Um, I want to get into page three. Mm-hmm. You, you said something that was really powerful to me, and it, but it raised a question for me because although I know God's voice. Mm-hmm. I know there are many people mm-hmm. who struggle yeah. with knowing whether or not they're really hearing from the Lord because the Lord doesn't always speak in an audible, audible voice. So right. um, page three says, in learning God's voice, mm-hmm. you can further understand his language. And what you were talking about in this is in chapter one. And in chapter one, you're talking about God's character, his presence, and his language. Yeah. So. I wanted us to discuss how it is that we can know his voice. Mm-hmm. We can know his voice when we first study the word, mm-hmm. study the word of God and learn the word of God. And even to, to go even deeper with that is why I wanted to first speak about his character in his presence. Because a lot of times, as for me, I'll speak for me, you think of you think of the Lord as someone that's here to just punish you for doing the wrong that you've done. But his character is so not like that. He is loving and gentle and kind. And even though there is correction that has to be made, um, he gently corrects you. Mm. He shows you you. Yes, he does. And in his presence, you get to know who he is. And so the way to know you're hearing from God is first to to sit in his presence. Mm -hmm. And some people, the way that I learned to get in his presence was even just through music, through uh, worship music, uh, to ushering in the spirit or or reading the word and asking questions. Um, 
one way, one simple way that I think I put it in the book that that was really helpful is to have an intimate, personal conversation with God and Mm -hmm. ask a question and sit and listen for the answer. And if the answer doesn't come in that moment, just wait Mm -hmm. and that answer will come to you through someone else, through a song, through a television program, through something. There will be a connection to the conversation that you had with the Lord that nobody else knows about. This is so prophetic because I like this. <laughs> Lord, help my heart. Yes. Uh, this is literally yes. one of the conversations I was having this morning. I teach a, a, a Bible study. We're studying the book of Romans Praise together God. right now. And uh, I was teaching that right before I came to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is one of the things we were talking about, yes. you know, sitting in his, sitting in the stillness, mm-hmm. sitting in his presence. And if he doesn't answer immediately, right. go back and ask again, right? Mm-hmm. That means he's going to answer another time. Keep right. going, you know, mm-hmm. keep, keep knocking on that door. That's, that's so good. Um, Okay, so um, on, also on page three, there was I had a question about. Um, there's a statement on page three that says we must develop a love for the truth mm-hmm. and um, understanding that the truth can sometimes cut. Right? Jesus said, "Do not think I came to bring peace on earth, but mm-hmm. a sword." Mm-hmm. How do we develop a love for the truth, knowing how deeply? the truth can sometimes cut or make us a little uncomfortable. I think we have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Oof. Mm. Life is not good. Life is going to life. Like my, like my girl Sarah say, life yeah. be life in. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to stop life in. Yeah. So we have to give up this, this notion that we're going to be able to live a life of comfort and never be uncomfortable. Yeah. Until you there until you become uncomfortable, you will not be able to see the the beauty and awesomeness of God because you're not going to be able to see God in your in your areas of comfort most times. Most times God is going to show up in your uncomfortable season. Yeah, that's he's going to be in the uncomfortable season. That's when you will see his word and in his spirit manifest the most in your uncomfortable season. So I say be become comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I have to, I made a mistake. I said that was on page three, but it's mm-hmm. actually on page two. Mm-hmm. Um, both of these last two uh, mm-hmm. statements are on page two. But no, what you're saying is so good. And, and Paul says, also in Romans, um, I want to say it's around chapter 80, talks mm-hmm. about our suffering, right? And he mm-hmm. says this suffering right now, it cannot compare to the glory that awaits us. Glory. And so, yeah, yes. so we have to remember that um, that comfort zone, mm-hmm. sometimes comfort is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Because it becomes mm-hmm. complacency yes. and we don't grow because mm-hmm. we're good with the way how comfortable things are. Right. Um, it's so hard for us to step out on faith because mm-hmm. 
we're comfortable, comfortable. you know, we're comfortable being able to control the, or thinking Thinking. we have some control (laughs) over the outcome, right? Thinking that. Yeah. Uh, So it's, it's, uh, you know, being uncomfortable or being, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. It doesn't Mm -hmm. even necessarily mean like finding comfort and discomfort. You're, what you're really, what I believe you're saying is Mm -hmm. really, accepting that discomfort will come mm-hmm. and maintaining the right heart posture to sustain when the when the discomfort comes because it's going to come uh, Jesus Jesus was it Jesus it might have been Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament, Lord. Mm-hmm. So I'm just <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Lord, which one was it? Um but you know it, um it is impossible that no offense should come. It's impossible that no offense should come, mm-hmm. but woe to them through whom offenses come. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That means our lives are going to have trials. We're right. going to experience trouble. We're going to experience suffering. We're going to experience moments when we're offended. Mm-hmm. But if we maintain the right posture, we'll overcome. We will overcome and we'll achieve that glory that we're that we're waiting on. Yeah. Um that's that's just so good. So I want to kind of go to this. Was this page three or four? Reading it digitally always throws me a little bit off because my eyes need like our our page turners. I okay. Think. Uh-huh. But I love that you know it looks like it's on a page. Okay. It's just I always get the uh, page numbers confused, but that's okay. I'm not too worried about the page numbers. I what? think this is page three or four. It's, yeah, page four. Uh, it's page four. Okay. There will come a time when playing is no longer acceptable mm-hmm. and you must get deeper and more serious mm-hmm. to find relief from the pain and fear that is upon you in the moment. And mm-hmm. I've shared my testimony on this podcast, maybe okay. episode one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also shared it with you uh, that my son was diagnosed with a rare bone disease in 2022. And um, the interesting thing was on January 1st of that year, I said to the Lord, um, I said, Lord, I want to walk with you like Enoch did. For mm-hmm. Enoch walked so closely with the Lord that one day he was not, for the Lord took him. And I said, Lord, I want to walk with you like that. Because I imagine that if Enoch walked that closely with the Lord, he never had to doubt himself. He never had to question any decisions, right? Mm-hmm. He, you know, that is a life of maybe not necessarily ease, mm-hmm. but certainly a, li- a life um Certainly a life of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Total surrender and submission. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Right? Yes. And and to reach the place where you trust God so much mm-hmm. that you don't even question surrender. Right. Like it, it just comes naturally to you to just let things go to Him. Mm-hmm. And um, three weeks later, he uh, my son was diagnosed with his uh, disease. And um, I, I want to say that I... I, 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 that was a moment when I understood Hannah mm-hmm. and how she could be praying so intensely that people, that onlookers thought she was drunk. Right. And I just remember being really weak from prayer. And then when I, when I, well, I got to the point where I really just kind of collapsed in prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Lord said to me, um, He said He wasn't going to heal my son. That's what He said. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm not going to heal him. And I said, okay, Lord, um, I really don't believe that you won't heal my son. And I said, if if this is you saying this, then 
I, I don't really know what I'm going to do in a relationship with you if you're going to let my son have this. So this is just me being very matter yes. of fact and being honest with the Lord because mm-hmm. he he already knows because it's in your mind. It's in your mind. Right. So he knows you might as well just let it out of your mouth is okay. how I think of things. Okay. So I said, uh, and then, and then immediately after that, I heard the Holy Spirit as an audible voice mm-hmm. say, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. And I understood in that moment that I was going to have to turn my face to the wall. And, and you know, I stood up as I stood up. I also um, I didn't hear this audibly like I heard uh, that other that the scripture, other. but okay. I did. I, I uh, you know, the Lord gave me a, uh, just put it in my spirit uh, to remember Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. And I remembered that when Isaiah uh, went to Hezekiah and told him, you know, that his time was up, like, hey, boy, it's time to get out of here. You got to die. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed. And I've always had a prayer wall in my room. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray this thing out. And I, I turned my face to the wall and I prayed. And I prayed with a, with a violence that I don't know um, really how to describe. And it wasn't a violence where I was, you know, yelling at God and telling okay. him off and all that. Mm-hmm. But, I began, but I developed an understanding that if I did not in this moment exercise my authority over this thing, mm-hmm. then my child would succumb to it. My God. And so I remember just praying so intensely. And throughout that year, we were taking my son, the doctor after doctor after doctor, people all saying, we don't know what this is. You know, we we don't, this is a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning um, process of elimination. If okay. you don't have this or this or this, then it must be this. Okay. And I'm like, that's not the way we diagnose people, but okay, <laughs> you know, so... Um, just going the doctor uh, specialist after specialist after specialist, and ultimately finding out um, that there was nothing. You know, people saying there's no cure for this. We don't know what to do. There's no treatment. Blah blah blah. But during that whole year, while I was taking my son to different specialists, mm-hmm. people who I never talked to would call me and ask me for prayer. Wow! And I'm like, why would you call me? <laughs> you know, like what? <laughs> What you calling me for? Right. You know? <laughs> so, uh, but but of course I never denied people prayer, and so right. I would pray. And and by the way, in mm-hmm. December of 2021, uh-huh. I was terrified to pray out loud for people. Okay, I would be terrified, and uh-huh. so God grew that in me across that year, praying, standing in the gap for others, and then on the one year anniversary of my son's diagnosis a specialist reached out to us who happened to share the same clinic Mm -hmm. as the original doctor who diagnosed him and told us there was no cure. Okay. This doctor called us and said, I have a treatment that I've been using for 15 years and I believe it'll work. My God. Yeah. So she contacted us and we went to her and that day my son got his treatment Mm -hmm. and he has been pain-free ever since. Praise the Lord. He's been healed and made whole. But there is a... As a mother, your story resonates with me because um, you 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 developed 
your faith was so fortified by this trial mm-hmm. um, as it was for me. And, and I don't even want to say trial, by, but as, by this experience, your right. faith was fortified, your prayer mm-hmm. life was strengthened. And, you know, and that is definitely what happened to me. It wasn't that I couldn't pray. Right. It was that I did not understand or not, not understand. I did not exercise my authority in prayer the way I did when it came to my son. Yes. And what I realized in that moment is that God was not responding to my desperation, but he was responding to my faith because I did not allow any room for disappointment, right? Like I didn't, I didn't, how do I say that differently? Mm-hmm. I did not, it, I didn't have it in my mind that God would not do it. Right. It didn't right. seem like a possibility to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. that he would not do it. Mm-hmm. And as I would pray, I would say to the Lord, Lord, this isn't even my kid. He's yours. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just stewarding him while he's down here. And so, Lord, if you sent your son to die for me mm-hmm. so that when his body was broken, that I would receive healing, I know you also did it for my child. Right. So, um, so your testimony, you know, it's it's so. And again, this particular statement from page four, where mm-hmm. there will come a time when playing is no longer acceptable. You need to get deeper and more serious, right? And find relief from the pain and fear that is upon you in the moment. And that is exactly. You just perfectly worded, um, <laughs> or the Holy Spirit did, yeah. you know. Yes. Perfectly worded exactly what I was experiencing mm-hmm. in uh, in that time. And I believe you also mentioned this on page 17, um, Hezekiah. Yes, I did. I turned and to so- <laughs> I did. When I was listening when you said that. And I said, yes, that's, that's what happened. And in, even in that time, when I turned to the wall to, as, as they said, Hezekiah did, bitterly wept. Um, I did not know that scripture. Mm. I did not know that scripture. But the, when I tell you that how the Holy Spirit connected to dots, as I wrote the um, book, he would take me to the scripture that connected to that moment. Oh, so good. And one thing that the Holy Spirit said to me uh, just here back in November, um, I went to a, um, I went to a conference. It was a um Women Doing Business God's Way conference. And um, he said that uh, that morning, he said that your, because I brought my books with me. I'm, I'm trying to learn how to be this little business woman. <laughs> but, um, so I had some books. No, you're a me. big business woman. <laughs> okay. You're a big business woman. And he said, your moments will connect to their moments. And how the Lord now is just bringing me, including you, others to me that where their moment connects to my moment. But in that conference, there was a young lady that had been singing during the conference. She was in charge of the worship ministry for the conference. And that morning after he said that to me, she shared her testimony and my moment connected to her moment when they had told her that her son was going was not going to live, but he lived. Wow. And I said, my God. So mm-hmm. there funny. this that that scripture is so important to us in, in like if we talked about before, learning God's language because you can find it in the scripture. If yes. if there's something that you're questioning or don't understand, find it in the scripture. 
Yes. Yes. And if you, if you can, if, if you can, God's going to speak his scripture. Yes, he is. He's going to speak his scripture. That's how you know it's God. He's going to speak his scripture. But your, your story is so beautiful and so powerful. And I, I, I love how you said we have to shift our perspective Mm -hmm. because we do. And then how, how beautiful is it that he, he knows especially with a mother, how yes. to get her into position. Yes. Yes. Those children <laughs> Listen. will get us into a position and a posture, Ooh. whether it's good or bad. Or bad. That's right. Or bad. <laughs> but those, I, I, those children will, will make you move to a different level and even into a different dimension. Yes. Yes. I don't know if you were, you attended the conference, right? I did. I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. So did you see Dr. Phillips when she spoke? Yes, Um, I did. I did. I have her book as well. Oh, she said this statement that resonated with me so well. And I don't know if you caught it, but I'm going to repeat it because it stays with me. Okay. And she said, Lord, she said she had received a phone call about some trouble with her son. Mm-hmm. And um, not that he was in trouble, but a, a problem, problem going on with him. And she said, uh, she said she pulled her car over and she just said, Lord, if this is the cost, I don't, I'm not going. Yes, I heard her say that. And I thought to myself, as a mother, that is not an uncommon response. It's you not. know, it wasn't one that I couldn't understand and mm-hmm. it resonated with me with me so well because there are times when it comes especially as it pertains to our children. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are many things we could go through, mm-hmm. many things we could deal with mm-hmm. as long as our children are okay. Right. And so when our when it seems like our children are not okay, mm-hmm. we it, it is not hard to slip into, well, God, where are you in all of this? Because I, you know, I've been praying to you for protection and, right. and now my, my kid is hurt mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know, I've been praying that you keep my kids healthy and now one of my kids is sick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to slip into that. And, yeah. but, um, and, 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 and not, um, unlikely, mm-hmm. but what an incredible, I think it's an incredible testament to our foundation mm-hmm. when we go straight to, all right, God, what's the plan? Yes. You know, <laughs> I think it, it says a lot about our foundation when it we does. jump right into, when we run to the Lord right. and say, Lord, I know you're in this. Mm-hmm. I just need you to help me figure out what is my role. Because there are times when the Lord does things even for in our children's lives that he wants us hands off. Right. right, because we right. can we can easily slip into being their savior. Right, and we have to, you know, we have to be very careful with the way we steward our children because it could soon become um, a savior complex. I got to step in and save them all the time. I got to exactly. step in and do this. I got to step in and do that. Mm-hmm. And so it's important also to go to the Lord, not always for help, but for instruction. Lord, is this my assignment, or do you want me to just let my child go in this right. moment? Right. Not turn my child over to the world, but to surrender my child to you because, you know, clearly you love, you love my kid more than you, you know, 
The Bible says that, yes, the Bible says um, real love is not that we love God, but that God loves us, right? So we don't really even have the measure of real love capable, the measure of love capable of providing real love, right? Which means that even as the way, even the way we love our children, as much as it, we, we love them with such great intensity, mm-hmm. that is not the kind of love that God has for them. Like we can't touch the God, the love that God has for them. We think we do. Right. We think we do. (laughs) We think we do. Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, that's cute. That's cute. (laughs) That's cute. But I'm about to show you how I really loved him. And, um, Yes. One yes. of the things oh the Holy Spirit God. spoke to me was he 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 gave me a, he asked me a question. He said, "Would you give me grace for Daniel? Cuz Grace is my my daughter's name." Okay. And he said, "Would you give me grace for Daniel?" And I was like, "Absolutely not." Mm-hmm. Like I would never sacrifice one of my children for the other. Mm-hmm. And he said, "But I did." Mm. And I said, "All right, Lord, like you said enough. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything else." So I had to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because it was a really, it was a very humbling moment, that not is. humiliating, right. but it was humbling. humbling. And he, he, and he, he said, you know, he said, if you would never give me one of your children mm-hmm. for the other, mm-hmm. then you don't know what it's like no. to really love that yeah. kid. He said, I really love him because mm-hmm. I already gave my kid for him. Yeah. And I said, okay, Lord, I guess. You didn't have to embarrass me. Listen, <laughs> listen. When he, I tell people all the time, baby, he will get you together quick. Listen, spicy. <laughs> he talks spicy. spicy. I'm like, Lord, you're, like, oh, you're I, a Sour Patch Kid a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Right? I said, oh, wow. I, I thought we were better than that. Is this what really? we're doing? Okay. You're supposed to call me friend. You're supposed to be calling me friends. Is this how you talk to your friends? <laughs> And did it. <laughs> right, right. I said, Lord, you really just snatched the back of my neck. That yes, was tough. That was, but it was yeah. so good to me and I stand on it, you know. And so many of the revelations I have about relationships mm-hmm. come just from Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Like they mm-hmm. come from Jesus himself and his model for how humans um, should be. So um, I want to talk about uh, page 26 because okay. let me, t- and you know what, in my Kindle, uh-huh. it's page 24, Okay, but the statement is we can ask questions of God without questioning him. Now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. growing up in a black church. Yes, ma'am. Come on, say it. <laughs> Come on, let's get in it. We, we get, <laughs> we get taught. Yes, we do. That you better not ask God nothing. Mm. Right. Mm -mm. You don't ask God questions. Mm -hmm. You better not ask God why. You Mm -hmm. better not ask God these things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so um, some of us really get caught in that crux of not being able to discern when we're asking a question and when we're questioning the father. So could you shed some light on uh, that statement? Asking, what does that look like? How do we ask questions of God without mm-hmm. questioning Him? And I prayed about um, I prayed about this question um, last night uh, because okay. to give me the words to be able to express, and the words that I have are inquiring versus. Inquisition. Mm. So when you're asking God and you're inquiring or seeking instruction, are you coming or when you're questioning God, I'll rephrase that. Are you coming for instruction 
or are you coming with evidence to to hold against what it is that he's given you to do? Are you coming in doubt and disbelief or are you coming in um, just wanting to really understand and know how to move forward? Many times um, I think questioning God would be more of an investigation. Mm-hmm. You're trying to investigate and see if you can find the the error in the word. Yes. That's yes. that's questioning God. But to ask questions, the the word even tells you to um seek mm-hmm. and ask mm-hmm. and knock. So he's telling you to ask. You yes. how will you know the answer if you never ask? Yeah. If your great. child has a problem and they're afraid to ask you a question, how can their problem be solved? Would we want mm-hmm. our children to come to, to go on this, go on in the world and never come to ask us, ask us a question because we are the authority and they don't question us? Mm-hmm. No. So that's not, so God is, that's not how he, he's going to treat us. We're his children. Yeah. He, he desires for us to come to him and ask. He prefers that we come to him and ask. Yes. Rather yes. than us just going on our own assumption or what somebody else said or what the world said. And I think that's that's part of where things will begin to change if when we when we begin to have a more intimate relationship with the Lord and begin to ask questions. That's how I've been able to understand and move through the most difficult season of my life. Is asking and seeking and and waiting for an answer. Many times uh, with the doctor, just like you did with your son, and asking you can even though you heard that word that said God said He wasn't going to heal him, you mm-hmm. still continue to ask. You, yes. you didn't give up asking or yes. taking him to other physicians, and that's what I did with my son and the things that he was faced with. We would have I would ask questions and I would. Um, you know, look for answers. And then when the doctor didn't have an answer for me, that was fine. Cause when I go home and talk to my daddy, he going to give me an answer in my That's sleep. Right. That's right. <laughs> when I wake That's up right. in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Yep. When I wake up in the morning, I have an answer. That's and I, right. I follow that, those instructions. And many times I, God gave me the answer that the, that the, that the doctor didn't have. Mm. Amen. Because he's omniscient, right? You said something very powerful Mm -hmm. and it it grabbed me. Mm -hmm. You said the word authority when you were talking about children Mm -hmm. being afraid to ask. And I thought to myself, I immediately thought, this that is what it looks like to question God. It looks like challenging his authority in some way, right? right. Bringing to him, like you said, all this evidence mm-hmm. that looks like it would be against him or against his word or against what he said. Mm-hmm. And so, um, or against, you know, how he's working things out mm-hmm. in our current circumstance. Right. And really challenging his authority for the sake of taking authority ourselves Correct. or trying to take authority from him. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you said authority, I was like, oh, Lord, like, that's it. We're questioning you. We're challenging. When we 
come to you in a certain, and you also said posture too. It's like that heart posture. What are your intentions when you ask, right? The Bible says, you know, um, you have not because you ask not. And when you ask, you ask amiss. Mm. And so one of the reasons you don't get when you ask is because of your intentions when you ask. When you ask. What are your intentions? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, what you said just really, it, it was, it had the gears in my mind turning and I'm like, yeah. man, like I, you're like, that's, that is the, that's the problem with questioning God is we are challenging his authority with, with the way we approach him. Mm-hmm. The way we approach him is a challenge or even a, a lack of reverence for, right. for who he is. So mm-hmm. that was so good. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, page again, this is, my page numbers are all messed up, but I think this is page 46 for me. Okay. His healing and journey. This is mm-hmm. what you wrote about um, Corian. His healing yeah. and journey are tied to the healing of many. And we we touched on this a little bit yeah. um, when we were talking about the parallels between our two stories. But talk us, uh, tell us a little bit about um, how Corian's healing and your journey mm-hmm. are tied to the healing of many. Wow. Well, I say that I say that for the reason that God spoke to me in the very beginning when I asked him um, when Corian was still on life support. Uh, we were in the kind of in the family room, and I saw him, you know, bring him back to life and. There were still so many struggles. He was on life support. They weren't, the doctors weren't talking positive at all. They were actually wanting us to take him off the ventilator. And um, one nurse, thank God for her sweet spirit. She said, you take your time. You don't let, Mm -hmm. don't let them pressure you into making any decisions. Because in that moment, I felt like God brought him back. I didn't bring him back. God brought him back. And so he's in God's hands. So if God wants him to not live, then he could take him. I'm not, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not making any decisions. That's not, I've, I've given it to God and I try to continue to give it to God. But in that moment, I asked God, I said, Lord, why is it that, why did you bring him back? If he still has to go through all of this. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's bigger than you. Ooh. It's bigger than Corian. It's for young people because so many do not believe. Oh, so I am still living in the many. But my son also said after he was to a point of recovery where he could speak and we could communicate. He said um, first it was in 20, 2018. I never forget it. We were in the hospital. We were in intensive care and um, he was he said he was ready to go. He says, I'm ready to, I'm, 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 I'm sick of this. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. And um, I was about to leave out of the room. And before I could get out of the room, he had, he had calmed down as if the Lord spoke to him. And he said, it's not for us. It's for others. Wow. My sister-in-law said, Corian is not here for himself. He is here for other people. So there were constant confirmations that it was bigger than us yeah. and that it wasn't about us. And now, after, 
after his transition and all the many young people that came to me in that time that were connected to him, not necessarily in that season, but that known him over the years, especially young men coming to me in full breakdown tears that he was no longer here. Um, I had the opportunity to minister to them and, and help them to understand how precious life is and how precious time is. We don't know how much time we have and in where, where the world will have us so busy moving and doing things that we think are important to sit down and, and take stock of what really is important into their, to their life and where there is something that needs to be done, especially if you have children, do it now. And don't yeah. wait because they at that time they had waited, feeling like they had time to see him, even though it had been six years and they hadn't come to see him. You don't know how much time you have with, with your loved ones and the people that you care about. And so that touched them and they will touch many. And everybody else that was a part of our life and in our life have been touched and affected and impacted by our our life and our situation and our story and they will impact many mm-hmm. and then the, like I said here recently the the women that have come to me that can directly connect to our story and what has happened um, and what's happening now in their life their life will touch many so Amen. Um, we all will whoever is touched and impacted will impact others so it's bigger than us. Amen. And that's life, period. That's life in general. It is. The things that we experience in life. It's bigger than you. Your situation with your son and and his his illness, his disease, and how God has healed him, it, yeah. it impacted others because someone who wasn't, wasn't directly connected to you, reached out to you because they were impacted by your story and they felt like they could help. Amen. So they reached out to you because somebody else told them or because the, the conversation got to them and they found out, figured out that they may have a solution. Amen. So we touch many lives without physically touching a life, yeah. but without physically being in that life, we're still touching lives. That's so good. And it also speaks to, um, you know, that's really what we've been called to do, right? We've been called to to spread the truth and to spread the good news of Mm -hmm. Jesus, to spread the good news of healing, to spread the good news of salvation, to spread the good news of grace and unconditional love and all these things and the miracles, signs and wonders spread the good news of these things. Right. To everybody, to the ends of the earth, right, is what mm-hmm. Jesus said, to the ends of the earth. To the ends of the earth. Absolutely. You brought up children and you brought up youth. So I yes. kind of want to skip a couple uh, skip a couple steps and go okay. to um, a question I wanted to ask you about the youth. Um, yes. You mentioned on page, again, y'all, if you're listening, I might be mm-hmm. jumping around with page numbers because, okay. you know, I'm reading it digitally, but... <laughs> Um, on page 59, I heard in the spirit that things are coming against our children that mm-hmm. we are not aware of. We must stay vigilant and mindful of this fact. And mm-hmm. I started um, 
you said that, you know, they, the youth, some of, you know, right now that generation of youth are really not believing. And, and I believe that's one of the attacks coming yes. against our children is unbelief, mm-hmm. right? Um, so can you elaborate on protecting our children's innocence from this spiritual wickedness? Um, you know, especially in these last days, you know, we're, right. we're Jesus is soon to come and we're seeing it in, uh, throughout the earth. And so what can we do? What does it look like for those of us who are parenting, especially in the digital, digital. Mm-hmm. age, you mm-hmm. know, understanding yeah. where we are in on, on God's uh, calendar? Right. How can we be watchmen and gatekeepers for our children? That's really, that's a really good question. And, and um, I would first say, pray. Mm. Not just be in prayer on your own, but involve them in prayer. Involve them in the process of getting to know God for themselves, getting them to know Jesus for themselves. What has changed this, how this whole thing has changed me is fortunately my my grandchildren, um, the, the, I call them the big kids because there are some others that have come after them, but they got a chance to experience Corian, their uncle Corian, I love him so much. And uh, um, they also experience the loss of him and that affects them. Um, he has a son, uh, Jacory, that's 16 now. He'll be 17 in July. Wow. But we spend time, <laughs> we pray. That's incredible. I'm sorry, because yes. reading your book, uh-huh. I keep forgetting like that, when this that, happens. So yes. I'm like, Jacory yeah. is 16. I feel like yeah. I watched him grow I know. <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. But we in the mornings before um, I sometimes get uh, the opportunity to take my uh, grandchildren to school. The younger, the um, he's now a nine. Jace is nine, and Aria six. Um, take them to school in the morning. Fortunately, they uh, attended a Christian school, okay. so uh, they spend a lot of time um, talking about the Lord. Um, they also attended a Catholic school before as well. Okay. They are at a Christian school now, but. They uh, we pray every morning and they mm-hmm. talk to God as if God is sitting right there with us because he is. But they have that understanding and I want yeah. them to know how to go to God for themselves uh, for the times when me or their mom may not be there or be around. Because we have to also remember that our children, especially right now in this in this season, there are so many spirits that have that have access to them yeah they have access through the internet through yep. the different always being um in school and the, the things that are on that play on the television and on the youtube and yeah. that there is so much access to them and so we have to learn to to recognize when they're doing something or saying something or singing something that is not um, of God. Yeah. And we have to address it. Yeah. We don't, we can't just dismiss it as if they'll grow out of it because they're growing into a season that is, that is after them Yep. because there it's after them because they are the ones. Yes. They are the ones to carry the torch to the next, to the next season. But also remember 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Also remember that the Lord has already equipped them for the season they will be in. Amen. He's already equipped them. And the reason I know that is because I look back at my, I've had the, uh, the, the beauty of my children growing into adulthood and watching uh, them now operate in this season with their children. And when they, like, <laughs> we, we joke about it now when we talk about the millennials, but mm-hmm. it's like, they don't want to work for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> they want to do their own thing. They want to have their own business and all the, and, and you know, it, it can be frustrating for, for us as parents wanting them to have a more secure future. Right. But I also came to the, the understanding that they have already been equipped for the season that they have to live in. Amen. And the season that they have to live in, they don't want to be bound by other people's expectations of how they should live their life. There's good and there's bad in that. But we are here as the older generation, speaking of myself, uh, to help kind of help them navigate that. Right. And um, not leave behind the things of old. We have right. to have those those staples. Yes. But at the same time, understand that their season is different from ours. Mm. And they're going to do it different, just like we did different from our parents and yes. that our parents did different from their parents. Yes. And so we have to give that grace in some ways. But prayer Paying attention, being vigilant, yeah. and also giving them room to be able to express what it is that they're feeling in the way that they're experiencing life. Yeah. One thing, I'm, tr- I'm going to see if I can remember this really quickly. There was one thing that a young lady said that was doing my hair. And um, she took the time to ask her young adult daughter, um, she said, I I can give you everything that I didn't have, but I want to know what is it that you need that I'm not giving you. Mm. I said, that is the most, one of the most beautiful things I have ever heard and never had, the, I never was really thought about expressing to my children because yeah. Uh, growing up in a certain way, you're always going to want to give your kids what you didn't have. Right. And so they have that. And then you think, feel like you, they take it for granted because it's, it's been given to them, but it's now things become an expectation. It's their right. reality. It wasn't right. your reality. It's right. their reality, but there's something else that they need that you are able to give because, but because we don't have always have the language we never sit and ask, now, what is it that you need? What is it you need? What is it that you need? That's good. And so we need to take that time to see, I, I can give you all that I know to give you, but let me take the time to ask you, what is it that you need from me? Yeah. And so even my daughter, she'll be 30 uh, next month. But when when I learned that, I did that. What they mm. say, when you learn better, you do, do better. You learn better, you do. Like, well, you're supposed to. Yeah. So she, <laughs> she was like 28, 29. And I told her, I just learned this today. And I didn't know it then. But I, I, I said, I don't expect you to give me an answer today. But I just want to open up the, 
open up the door to say that I gave you all that I knew to give you and all that I have. But if there is something that I haven't given you that you need from me as your mother, then please let me know because I want you to have everything you need in this life so that you can continue to move forward and be the mother and the woman and the wife that you need to be for for your your children and your husband and for your future. That's so good. And I, it's really about listening, right? Yeah. And I mm-hmm. I love my parents, but it wasn't a lot of listening in my household. Mm-hmm. You know, it was mm-hmm. a lot more telling than listening. And right, so, mine too. And, yeah. and even me as a mother, I can admit that that was me as well. I did yeah. a lot more commanding than listening and, and understanding. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that has a lot to do with how we were formed in, in the parent models that we had. And not that mm-hmm. our parents were bad parents. Right. It was simply that that was the time. And, the time. you know, children were, uh, you know, I, I always hear the phrase seen and not heard. And it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily seen and not heard, but it was, mm-hmm. you know, there wasn't a lot of conversation about right. what are your needs and what do you, because it, it was always just the presumption that we don't know what we need and that exactly. parents do. Right. <laughs> exactly. And so, mm-hmm. Right. And so we, I think to say, um, it's really revolutionary to be uh-huh. saying, you know, asking, ask your kids what they need that they're mm-hmm. not getting from you because it mm-hmm. does two things. It gives your kids a safe space to communicate and express, but mm-hmm. also it teaches them to, um, it teaches them besides advocating for themselves right. to hold others accountable yes. and say, listen, I, and, and really our relationships with our children are the precursors to romantic relationships because yes. when your children are growing up in your home mm-hmm. and they feel like they can freely feel and mm-hmm. freely express mm-hmm. and freely declare what they need, mm-hmm. then when they get into romantic relationships, they'll do that. That will okay. be their, that will be their habit. That will be their, exactly. their, uh, their their uh, programming. Mm-hmm. They'll get into relationships and they will feel and they will feel free to feel. They'll feel free to express and they will feel free to ask for their needs. Right. Um, I want to since we're still talking about youth, mm-hmm. I want to take a look at page fifty eight. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that mm-hmm. throughout this journey, um, Corian often affirmed and reassured you in a way that you didn't get when you were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I read it, the Holy Spirit showed me uh, what I saw through your story was like the love of a parent coming from a child. Mm. And um, interestingly enough, that's kind of the position I'm in now. Like. Um, you know, I always say that my son made me a mother, but my daughter made me a woman. Yeah. And I be yeah. I see through, I learned from being the mother to a daughter to yeah. look at my mother as a daughter mm-hmm. and say she needed a mother that she didn't necessarily get, or mm-hmm. there she needed things from her mother that she didn't necessarily get. And so now I'm in a unique position um, to give my mother the love of a parent. Right. Even though she's my own mother. So I just love to see that. um, It really resonated with me to see that um, in your story uh, or Corian's story. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to ask, um, what was the effect on you? Was this part of the endurance (laughs) that you needed to push through each day? I think um, it was probably... A part of the endurance, uh, and I'm going to get emotional because I feel it coming, but 
Mm. I didn't know that in the moment. I didn't know that the Lord was giving me what I needed. Mm. I didn't know that God was healing me. He was healing me through this process so that I could be able to carry the anointing that he has given me today. The anointing that he's given me since my son transitioned. And I know that the anointing is, is bigger than me and it's, it's for the many. I know the anointing is for something so much bigger than who I am, but I thank God for birthing this person that was always there, but just was not able to be, be able to come out or be able to be able to express truly who I am because of the things of the world that stuffed her down. So through this process, God and through my son was able to re- to heal the broken pieces and the damages that had bled on other people for so many years. Mm. And so I spend my days affirming other people and encouraging other people and showing them the love that maybe they never experienced, but I have an overwhelming amount to give. Mm. so it was healing for me it was part of it was a part of the plan that God had in place the entire time so the like I think I mentioned early on the woman that I am today is a different woman than I began this journey with and I love her so much oh I love her so much and I know that she's always been there but she just wasn't able to express because of the things she's experienced and the the scars she carried and the pain she carried and the things that she tried to hide and feeling ashamed about but um, mm-hmm. I can fully walk in and express and be who God created me to be in this in this world and so my healing as I said before we we're healed so that we can heal others. And I think that's what it's going. I think, and I know what the Holy Spirit spoke to me in 2020. And he said that um, women are the are God's secret weapon. Mm -hmm. And so once we are able to heal and then we can, we can bring up healed children and our children can move forward and be who God has called them to be in the earth. So I think we are at a really key time in the world to be able to move forward for God's kingdom to come. It, not that it hasn't always been here, but we are definitely going to be able to visibly see God's kingdom come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that. Mm-hmm. I believe that mm-hmm. wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And I, you know... When I think about Corian's story mm-hmm. and I think about everything you documented, mm-hmm. um, I see how, and, and you've so eloquently said it here today, mm-hmm. I see also how 
God was working and moving when he sustained Corian for those six years. Yes. All the things he did at the foundational of just in your home, mm-hmm. just with you and with him and his faith and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the people around him, mm-hmm. um, how he touched even just those people who were in proximity to you and how the change actually started there before yeah. it rippled out around the world. Correct. So I, I find that amazing um that he those six years he spent um those six years the lord used to grow and sharpen and um really uh testify right like a testament like corey's corian's Mm -hmm. life is a testimony it is um is a testimony of not just god's goodness but his greatness um his greatness um so we are down to the last question. Okay. Um, then we're down to the last question. It's <laughs> a little bit because I'm like so enjoying our conversation. Oh my goodness. Um, but we're actually circling back to uh, the first question about knowing God's voice. And you said something that was so cool. I love this analogy <laughs> uh-huh. of your husband's pickup truck. Yes. And you said, uh, God spoke to me one of the, you, you give the analogy of knowing the difference between the other vehicles coming mm-hmm. up the street and mm-hmm. your husband's vehicle coming up the street. Right. And um, I wanted to ask you, are we ever truly proficient in differentiating the voice of God from other voices? And by that, I mean, you know the voice of God. Mm -hmm. I know the voice of God. But are there ever times when those of us who know his voice Mm -hmm. still, are there ever times when we still question like, Lord, wait, was that you? Mm -hmm. Or was that me? Or was that, you know, something I ate wrong? You know, Um, are there ever, is there, are we ever truly proficient? Is anybody ever truly proficient in that? Uh, Okay, I would say there are definitely going to be times when you question, was that God? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, in being relation in relationship with God, it's yeah. uh, you will you will know how to discern the voice. Yes. So I give you two examples. Um, if if you're if do you remember a time? When you were in a room with other mothers and your your child, your son or your daughter said mama, and you knew it was yours. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Or if you're in a a relationship and you were in a, it's an ex, we'll say it's an ex, and you're at a party or whatever, and that ex says something and you like, oh my God, what he doing here? Because you know his voice. I feel like. (laughs) In those instances, we know those voices here in yeah. the earthly realm. So why would we not know God's voice? Right. In the That's spirit. so good. Yeah. Because he is our father and we are we are to be in an intimate relationship with him. And so yeah. I believe we can become proficient. Yes, there will be other voices, but when you are questioning it, then you can go back to your father and get clarity and he yeah. will let you know if it was truly him or not. And sometimes, sometimes he is quiet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sometimes he is quiet, but yeah. I feel like in those quiet moments, 
He is sharpening your tool. Yes. And he is giving, he is testing you to see what you have learned in the time that you were, you know, you were in a place of a process or pruning um, to, to be able to test the skill that you have been working on. So I think we can become proficient, but I do know that there are times that we may question, um, was that me or was that God? And then I also go back to go back to the word. Uh, right. What does, you know, what does the word say? Did, does that, what that was said, line up with God's word? Now, if it doesn't mm-hmm. line up with God's word, then it's definitely not God. Mm-hmm. But if, um, if you, if you wait, if yeah. you learn how to be, how to wait and how to be patient, God will definitely confirm his word. That's been my experience anyway. He, mm-hmm. he will confirm his word. That is, so as you were speaking, Mm -hmm. the Lord said this word to me. He said time. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back to where, to to my notes Mm -hmm. on what you, on what you, uh, to my notes in the book. Mm -hmm. And you wrote, I know my husband's truck when it turns on our street, even before it pulls into the driveway. Mm -hmm. I listen for it at night. Yes. And say to myself with a cheerful heart, here comes my husband. And so, you know, as you were speaking, the Lord also said to me time. And I believe that has to do with, we also know God's voice because of the timing Mm. of the communication, right? Yeah. Because the Lord will, um, you know, I believe he's not going to communicate anything to us mm-hmm. in a time that does not make sense. So, right. for example, there's a, oh, I, I got to tell this story. So okay. Okay. I, the Lord told me uh, two years before I left my job, he told me I was going to leave my job. He said, okay. I'm going to pull you out, but I want you to wait two years before I pull you. Okay. And so uh, I thought, oh, okay, Lord, like, I really don't want to stay at this job. But if you're <laughs> telling me to stay two years, I will do that. So mm-hmm. I stayed two years. And exactly two years later, on the anniversary of the day that he told me to leave that job, mm-hmm. he told me to leave again. Wow. So I said, okay, Lord, like, is this really you? Mm-hmm. And so there was that time piece also, right? So like he I, he gave me a timeline and then he satisfied that. But there are times when the Lord doesn't give you a timeline. But here's what's interesting about that. I left that job. Waited four months, the Lord, because I'm like, Lord, what am I supposed to do about income? You just mm-hmm. told me to leave my job, but you didn't give me the follow-up. Mm-hmm. So then he gave me my business. I have a, a private tutoring service here in uh, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And so he gave me the business. I was running the business. And as I was running the business, a job opportunity came up. There was an opportunity for me to work for a nonprofit, um, and it's for minority women who are business owners. Okay. And uh, and it's Christian. It's a Christian wow. um, organization. Right. And so I got this job working for it. And all of a sudden, everything that I was doing that the Lord called me to do mm-hmm. ceased. It mm-hmm. all stopped. Okay. And so I was thinking, because everything lined up so perfectly with that job, because, I mean, it was it looked perfect. Mm-hmm. But because everything lined up so perfectly with that job, mm-hmm. I ended up, you know, uh, taking the job because I was thinking this was from the Lord. Right. 
And ultimately, it ended up not being from the Lord. Not that God didn't use it, but it was not God's desire for me to take that job. Mm. And so, um, and it and it did take away from other things that the Lord had asked me or uh, you know called me to do. Okay. And so, uh, it was the timing, right? It was like right right after I left my job, right Mm. after I was obedient, Mm -hmm. right before my business started flourishing. Mm -hmm. Here came this supposed opportunity. Right. And so I also, you know, so when I, when I read the word night, you know, when I I listened for it at night Mm. and the Lord said to me time, it took me back to that moment when I did not discern God's timing. Mm. Okay. And if I had discerned his timing, I would have discerned his voice. Okay. And I would have, I would have discerned that that wasn't the Lord because it was just so convenient. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that at this moment when I'm, you know, struggling because my business isn't really right. taking off like like I wanted it to, right? Um, or like I expected it to, mm-hmm. that timing was. <laughs> I'm like, Lord, this really, I really just fell for the okie doke. So I how really did how did you realize that you that it was not God calling you to that particular job? Was there something that happened on the job, or was um, there um, just the something else that came about that you did weren't then not available for because you took the job? Yes, okay. all of that. All so of that. Okay. first first the first thing that went was all the things that the Lord had asked me to do, all the assignments that he'd given me, I stopped doing them because I didn't have the time because I was doing this job. Mm. And although it was part-time, I was still working Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, it still took up too much of my time. I was doing that. And so by the time one o'clock came, which was when I was getting off, I was, I wasn't available to do the things that the Lord had called me to do because it was time to get my kids home from school and, and cook dinner and do all these other things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there was that, but there was also that eventually it got to the point where I, I real, and and I don't mean to toot my own horn about this, but I'm a very gifted person. Okay. There's very little that the Lord places in front of me that I don't do with excellence. Okay. And the reason for that is because I desire to I desire that God's excellence be displayed through my work. Mm-hmm. So whatever God has called me to do, I don't want to put my God to shame. Right. So I do it as best as I can. Mm-hmm. And so God has gifted me with an ability to learn things very quickly and to be able to execute them well, mm-hmm. usually on the first or second try. But I failed at everything I did for this job. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. It was like, I just couldn't, get it together. Mm-hmm. I, it was, and it, and I was thinking that I, the crazy part is I thought I was doing a good job, but the, um, the criticism was always, how did you overlook this? Like, wow. I'm really starting to doubt your judgment. Like, <laughs> and I thought what? to myself, really? <laughs> like, I thought I nailed it, you know? Right. So, um, and I'm my harshest critic. So yeah. to be thinking I did a good job, but to be finding out that I did a bad job was really, it was the antithesis Mm -hmm. of everything that God had been showing me and doing in my life. Um, and, and it started to change. It started to shift who I knew myself to be in Christ. And once you start questioning your identity in Christ, then it ain't right. You know, that's not for you. Right. And so, yeah, so that's what it was. It, It affected, it really affected, um, and it got to the point where so much of my prayer time was without joy. 
And one thing about my prayer time, it'd be full of joy. Like there are times when I've been sad, you know, as it pertains to my son or maybe my daughter or maybe even my marriage Mm -hmm. when I'm in prayer. But for the most point, my prayer sessions always end with joy and a comfort and a reassurance. But I was so anxious, even as I was praying, I knew that it could not be God. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, that was the revelation I had. It was really how the emotional turmoil I was in. It was also the, the fact that the other things that the Lord had called me to do had been neglected. And um, there are days when I'm still repenting for that. And I'm like, Lord, you just forgive me for being so crazy. <laughs> yes, you know, it, was, for... it was a moment for him to teach you. It was a absolutely moment. And it we was. have to re- remember that some things that we do, even even if we do them well, mm-hmm. it's still just maybe a teaching moment and not working out in the way that you would have hoped. And it's because the intent of it wasn't for you to be successful at it. The intent of it was to teach you something yes. greater, to teach yes. you a, a greater, greater purpose. It was for a greater purpose. Yes, it was. And one of the things it taught me for sure was discerning his voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it taught me about, it, it taught me a lot about, um, you know, and the, oh, then there was also some travel involved and mm-hmm. There was one night I was on my way home. I was driving three hours to host events for this uh, nonprofit. Mm -hmm. I would drive three hours, host an event, and try to drive three hours to get back home. And there was one night Mm -hmm. that I almost crashed my car on like three separate times. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I said to myself, I can't do that again, you know, because I almost, uh, yeah, I almost lost my life that time. You know, So I said, Lord, this is not worth that. And Mm -hmm. I I prayed. And the funny thing is I prayed and asked the Lord, I'm like, Lord, is it right to quit? And he said, he said, I didn't tell you to go over there no way. (laughs) So... He was like, it's on you, Shawty. It's on you, sis. It's on you, Shawty. I didn't tell you to do it. He said, I didn't tell you to go over there in the first place. So I'm waiting on you. Like, let's go. So it was so, um, but when he, when I, I left, it was hard for me. And it also revealed to me that I had, I was dealing with people pleasing tendencies. Mm. Um, I really needed to be delivered from that Mm -hmm. people pleasing Mm -hmm. uh, spirit. And so it was really, it, it, like you said, it just reveals so many things to me about myself, so many things I needed to be delivered from, so many things I needed to surrender to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was even financial, right? I'm yeah. thinking, oh, you know, make a decent decent little bit of money, you know, right. add, have some extra income. Mm-hmm. And the Lord just kept saying to me, Matthew 624, 625, you know, you cannot serve God and mammon. Right. You cannot serve me and serve money. I am the source. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. I will send you the resources, but yes. you're not to go and just step into anything thinking that, you know, you're doing anything on your own. So, um, yeah, it, but it was, but the Lord taught me so much from that. And there are skills that I have, um, experiences that I had working for that organization that benefit me even to this day. And so, and, and I, I left that job more than a, was it more than a year ago or was it a year ago? It might've been a year ago. Okay. Um, but when I left, it was, uh, and the way the, when I left, it mm-hmm. still wasn't like, it still wasn't friendly, but okay. it's okay. It was okay. It's okay. That's okay. It's That's okay. fine. You know, yeah. um, you know, but it was very, 
it was a hard thing for me to have to do. And I realized that the hardship was because I was people pleasing. Mm -hmm. If I had just said, listen, I knew better than to be getting into this. I I need to go. If I had just said that then, Mm -hmm. um, it wouldn't have been difficult for me to leave. I could have just acknowledged my disobedience, acknowledged my haste and my lack of discernment and moved on. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, again, I learned a lot from that experience about myself, about my faith, um, about discerning the voice of the Lord, Mm -hmm. about waiting on the Lord, Mm -hmm. um, trusting and surrendering. But I also learned a lot. Lot about uh, a lot of skills from that job. So, right. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was. So, it was all in all, it was necessary. Yeah. My son, yeah. that's one of the things that, that still keeps me now that my son said it was very, through that, it was very difficult season, of course. And then um, ultimately him transitioning. Um, but the Lord prepared me for that as well. But prior to that, um, when he came home in 2020, I was able to care for him at home. And um, I tell people all the time, I said, the the Lord shut the world down for me. I'm sorry I had the experience. Oh, <laughs> I say that. <laughs> Do you I really? I yes, I said I, I, he did it for me. But uh, when we we'd gone to a doctor's appointment and it was really nice outside. And so I said, let's just sit outside. And he was kind of just gazing into the, you know, out into space. And he said, he said, everything was necessary. It was all necessary. And so I know now that it, it, it was, it was as if he knew that things were wrapping up and I even in the very beginning on the anniversary of his um, incident uh, in January um, 2020, he told me, um, he said, I know why I came back. I know what I have to do. So that speaks to the fact that even though he was diagnosed with a brain injury, he knew that he had died and come back. He Mm. had never expressed that before, but he knew that. And he also knew that there was a call on his life and something that he needed to do while he was here. And um, I asked him, what is it that I need to do? And he said, you did everything you were supposed to do. And it was good. And so that just um, that that brings me a lot of comfort and a lot of um, the times when I feel like I shouldn't have done. I should have did this or I should have did that or maybe if I had. Those things don't come to mind because he said it was necessary. Everything is necessary. So everything in our lives, um, even the things that, you know, we did and we caused it. (laughs) Right. Like you said, God will use it and it will be necessary for our future. Necessary for the next step or necessary to teach someone else something that we experienced to maybe help them along the way that they don't have to experience it in the way that we did. And so that's what my life mission is, is to, to help others and to experience life from a different perspective and know that God is always there and Holy Spirit is there to comfort them and keep them. And that the things that they experience in this life are bigger than themselves, but it's really for someone else. Yeah. Really for someone else. And I want to 
you know, as a direct beneficiary of that mission, (laughs) (laughs) I truly am because, you know, what you wrote, it really blessed me. And, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted you to have the opportunity to share this story with others. And I wanted to make sure I gave you a platform, Mm -hmm. um, and, and to give your book a platform, you know, Mm -hmm. for, for you to, sometimes when people read books, they have a hard time connecting with the author Mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily their story, but you know, but some, so sometimes you need to hear the voice. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need to connect with the author in a way that you can't when you're just reading what they've written. Sometimes you need to hear the more intricate details. Sometimes you need to hear the emotion attached to what's been written. So um, again, as a direct beneficiary of your of this of your testimony, I want to thank you. Um, again, it's so beautifully written. And I also want to take a moment to encourage my listeners to go and buy the book. <laughs> Go buy it. That's what this podcast is. It's in the book. We highlight Christian authors. We teach the word, um, but we highlight Christian authors and we want everybody to understand Christians are taking up space in the literary realm. That is what we are doing. And the written word has not gone away. And can you tell me, is this available in audio? It's, it's not available in audio, but I am working on it um, because I want to do it in my voice because God told oh. me I have to use my voice. And so um, I am definitely, I have a coach now um, it, that's helping me with uh, equipment and understanding all that. And so it's in the process and hopefully okay. it'll be out this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So uh, if it's, listen, Mm -hmm. y'all, y'all better be following her, (laughs) Uh, follow her on Amazon, follow Mm -hmm. her on Facebook. I will post um, your social media in the description box so people can follow you. And so they can kind of go back through and look at how you documented um, Corian's story um, throughout uh, this journey. Um, I want us to end this in a word of prayer And then, of course, um, close us out. And then you and I will talk a little bit after this. Okay. Okay? So just stay on after after prayer. But, um, y'all, I don't know. Like, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit just through this conversation. It just has been so beautiful. It's just been so full of... It's been so transparent. And we need to really... Thank God that authors like Chandrea and and Christian authors in general who are out here sharing their testimonies, that they are so transparent and that they don't mind being vulnerable and telling you the more uh, intimate details of 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 different challenges they face and different hardships they had to go through and the glory that was revealed yes. through them. Yes. Um, so let's get into a word of prayer and then I'll release the listeners. And then I'll get to follow up with you, Chandra, in just a moment. Thank Father, you. in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, you are a master strategist. How you just put all these things together, things that, you know, we go through tough times, God, but you waste nothing. You waste nothing. And even when we look at the example of Job, Lord, who you know, was who you removed a hedge from him, oh God, and, and allowed the enemy to... Um, 
test him, Lord, but but he never cursed you uh, to your face, God, as the enemy said he would. And but and but you restored him, God. You restored him. And Lord, we don't always know why you do a thing, but we trust that you restore. And so, God, I ask you, I lay Shandrea at your feet, and I ask you, God, to restore two hundredfold, God. Would you restore 200-fold anything that she may have lost, whether it be time, God, whether it may be energy, God, anything she may have spent, God, would you restore 200-fold and bless her tremendously for the time she spent telling this story, God, for the time she spent sharing her testimony, for her heart to bless us, for her heart to tell a story that we can, uh, that we can, resonate with. Um, Lord, even those of us who have not necessarily lost someone close to us or or may not have had to care for somebody um, or have never been affected by a traumatic brain injury, God, that, that doesn't matter, God. I, everybody can resonate with this story of unmitigated faith, Lord, that this woman had fervency in prayer and in faith, and she stood 10 toes down for for her child um, and for her faith, Lord. So we thank you, Lord, so much that Shandrea was able to come and share her story. God, we thank you that you were in the room because your word says where two or three are gathered there, you will be in the midst. So we thank you that you were here. We thank you for the spirit of prophecy that showed up, God. Uh, And God, we also thank you so much just for the ability to even have this platform, God, that we have the ability to be doing this interview, God, apart from one another, Lord, that that we could still connect in this way, God. And I thank you so much for my sister, Lord. I thank you for divine connections, God. Your word says that um, as iron sharpens iron, so does a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. So I thank you for this time of sharpening between the two of us, Lord. And uh, I pray that we can continue to connect and stay connected. Um, In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Lord, bless our listeners, my God. Bless these listeners, God. Let them run and get the book, God. But also, God, let it bless them and let them be blessed just by hearing, even if they don't get the book, oh God, let them be blessed just by hearing Shandrea's testimony, God, and and how she leads by example, God, how she models uh, transparency in testifying for you and for your glory, Lord, would you keep everybody safe, be a hedge of protection, God. We know that you are soon to come, oh God, and we ask that you just constantly lead us uh, in the right direction and prepare us so that we don't have to be panicked, Lord, in this season. And so I ask all these things in your precious son, Jesus' name, amen, amen. 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 All righty, guys. So thank you so much for listening. I got to go. You got to go. I love you tremendously. This was such an amazing episode. It was such a special treat for me. I hope it was a special treat for you as well. So tune in next week on It's in the Book. See you soon. Bye. Bye.